Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen you are now, 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 now listening to two, 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 the P13 Podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to the P13 Podcast. First of all, beautiful shirt you have on there. What's that? Thank you, sir. You as well. Oddly, they look similar. However, they are a different color. There's a large microphone on it, which I believe is the Studio Pod logo. Shout out to Studio Pod. Shout out. Where this recording is happening. Mr. TJ Bonaventura himself. Thank you very much for all your help on this as well. That's right. Mind you, beautiful studio out here in San Francisco. Very beautiful. He has a few plants that look well taken care of. Yeah. You know. If you see our IG video, you'll you'll see what we're talking about. You'll see yeah. maybe one that's in the corner here. Not sure what variety they are. They look somewhat tropical. Is it a ficus? No, it's not a ficus. I I don't know what a ficus is. I thought it was I thought I thought ficus was like a credit score thing. Fico. Fico. Oh. I see where you're going though. Yeah. Similar. Similar. Somewhat. They both need help. At some point. Yes. That plant may need water, but this is not my studio. No, I'm just kidding. It's looking <laughs> healthy. It's green. It's pretty green. Uh, <laughs> anyways, today we're coming at you with another podcast back in the pod. Um, excited to be back. Excited to be. First of all, thank you for your support and please continue listening. Give yeah. us a review, five star rating, all that good stuff, all that good Give jam. us a shout out. Say what's up on IG. We'll we'll shout you we'll shout you back. Yeah, absolutely. Give we'll give you a Give you a follow, maybe. Follow us. We'll give you a follow. We'll give you a follow. <laughs> we're, we're not stingy about <laughs> that. Enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but today, there is a saying in life that can be often used in various situations. Depending on what the situation it is, the perspective of each option could be applicable or could be less desired. Maybe instead of buying an expensive ribeye for one night, you have a couple of sirloin steaks. Or instead of having just a couple pairs of really good shoes you enjoy, you have a few pairs of quality shoes that you can use in various situations. And what I mean by a few, probably more than 10 or 20. (laughs) That's speaking more so to myself than other other people. He's a sneakerhead, folks. Appreciate that. Um, What are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about quality versus quantity. How does that apply to fitness? Well, this is where this podcast comes in. So, Thomas bring us in to the quality versus quantity talk absolutely happy to do it uh excellent intro there mr calla thank you very much i pride myself made me this. want some steaks but um mm, that's all you, good steak I'll wait or ribeyes i'm a ribeye guy myself there you go those of you that follow me know i can i can uh sear up some excellent exquisite ribeye you can cook with the best of them for sure grass-fed terra firma farms what's up mm. little terra firma shout out yes um but yeah so quality versus quantity is uh, the theme of today's discussion. You know, and a few real-world examples, oftentimes in in our society today, I think, too, we fall into this trap, not just in fitness, in which we, we feel that more of something must be better, right? Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, I don't know. We're just, that's just how we are as humans. What, capitalist society. Capitalist society. Uh, <laughs> That's a whole nother discussion. Now. Coming from a Canadian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, I think then when that individual or people start to get to that point where they're getting more of whatever it is that they think that, that if they get more of will make them happy, what they actually end up finding is that's not always the case, right? So 
few examples I thought of. More money is always better. Mm. According to research, I would love to, if anyone knows of this study, but there have been numerous studies done in which they have found, and I think this is probably through subjective surveys, but they have found that like $75,000 a year in annual income um, leads to the most optimal levels of happiness. Now, again, that's subjective Mm -hmm. and can depend on a lot of different factors. But the bigger point of that is that you know, the the more wealth you build doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to become more happy. And in fact, there are actually a lot of situations in which there are a lot of really unhappy, wealthy people for whatever reasons. Maybe the what it took for them to get their wealth was so demanding that mm-hmm. they have no life now. They don't get to see their family. We just know, don't know. There's a whole whatever wide range yeah. of things. We don't know what there was. Maybe more money comes more power exactly. than you like that goes to your head and like you do some stupid stuff and then you're unhappy because that ruins your relationships, whatever relationships was. Yeah, exactly. So there's, so that's one example. And then maybe like more house is always better. Sounds great in theory, but get more house. Maybe you get more land, bigger lawn to mow, bigger house to maintain more to keep track of. Like if, even if you just have the one house and it's massive, like cleaning that more clean, Maybe you hire cleaners, whatever. Still. But also you can get lost in there. I've been in houses before where you get lost. You're like, what corridor am I in? Is this the West Wing? A more expensive car is, is better, but with a more expensive car, maybe your insurance is higher. You have you have to pay more for repairs and maintenance. Like, And then you're just more stressed about driving a more expensive car, mm-hmm. right? So those are just a few real-life examples that I think most of us could relate to to some degree or or another so then bringing that into the the fitness conversation we see this a lot when people come into the gym you know where they think like i mean a good example is maybe like oh just one training session a day is not enough Mm -hmm. right like i need to do more on top of that or maybe like starting with three days a week is is what they do and that's and and that brings them uh pretty substantial results. And so because of that, they think they need four, then five, then six, then seven, right? Of six of just crushing yourself. Of just crushing themselves. Each day. And then like you get to that point and, and sure, like as you, as you build more capacity in your fitness, you can certainly start to add volume. But I think it's important to, to think about trying to find minimal effective dosage for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we all have a lot of stuff that we're doing, right? Between work, between family stuff, between leisure time, which is also very important in terms of just like general health, socialization and relationships. Like there's a lot that we have on our plates. Mm -hmm. So it's not always going to necessarily be better to add more training, especially depending on where you're currently sitting at in terms of volume. That can also be taken back to your goals too, right? Right. Like if you're if you're trying to hit a certain maybe body percentage six days a week, yeah, sounds great in theory, but if you're doing so much of that that you're getting damaged each week and you can't recover, yeah. What does that do for your body in that long run? Yep. You may maybe you hit your goals, but you just you have all these injuries or right. things that are just coming up because of 
of uh, the quantity that you're hitting. And could be good quality quantity, but mm-hmm. are we, like you said, are we overemphasizing that? Right, right. So I think that the general thought is for people is if I just get a certain number of, you know, whatever, however you want to look at it, sessions or hours or minutes of training in per week, that's, that's sufficient. But what I think that statement is potentially missing is what is the quality of that time Mm -hmm. spent? So that's the other side of this conversation that we'll bring in is the quality of your training. And I think generally like Michael and I were just talking about this before the episode started before we started this, this episode. And it's that I think quantity is overemphasized in training and quality is underemphasized. So I think both could be slightly adjusted in terms of how we view their importance. You know, quantity is certainly important, but if you only focus on that, then if you focus on quantity without quality, then that time may not be very efficiently used. Maybe we take this to an example, like when you, when I used to go work out at like the 24 hour gyms and you kind of see, and it's nothing against those people. If you're on the treadmill or on the rower and you're just like loosely going, maybe you're not getting the full quality, but you're getting the quantity of that Mm -hmm. time in there and Mm -hmm. you've hit your quantity metric for the day, but the quality metric of that may not be what's needed for you to get to where you want to go. Exactly. Yeah. And to take it to an extreme, Ah. there's people that go to the gym and sit on the leg extension machine and just shoot out Snapchats. Right. (laughs) So you're at the gym. Sure. But like, what are you doing there with your time? Yeah. And you can get more specific with that, that thought as well. There are varying degrees of, I would say of quality in in programming right so you can if you're someone that's getting programming online or something like that right you can find some pretty basic programs that will do that can that can provide you with a lot of progress Mm -hmm. but at a certain point maybe you need to adjust that to a i guess what you could call a higher quality program or at least one that's more individualized towards what you need and again you're going to maximize your time by focusing on, you know, this is kind of a cliche, but people will say train smarter, not harder. So that's kind of that, cliche that, that it's also somewhat true. Though. Also somewhat true. And it's kind of another way to look at this, this conversation is like, are you training smart? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you can do a, a ton of volume, but if it's not very intentional volume, then like you're just going to end up burning yourself out maybe losing motivation to train and uh, and things like that. So you want to be able to kind of dial in what you need. And again, thinking of minimal effective dosage, trying to find that minimal effective dosage, because here's the reality, a good question to kind of think about and ponder for yourself. If you could get the same level of results going three days a week to the gym or training three days a week, Versus training six days a week, which would most of us choose? Three. Probably the three. Three days a week. Right. And that doesn't mean on those off days you don't do anything. So this is a conversation we have to have with a lot of our people that come into the gym because there's plenty of people that come in six days a week, but there's a few things to think about with that. One, 
they've probably been coming to us for quite a while. They so probably started lower. Yep. They've us. built up a certain level of capacity in which they can train that frequently. Mm-hmm. Two, we often have to have conversations with those people about, okay, if you come six days a week, not all of those can be hard. Yeah. And like you just, that's just a reality. If you go think of our schedule here, we have Mondays, our lower body days. So if you come in Monday and you like crush yourself on legs and you come in Tuesday, you crush yourself on bench press, you come in Wednesday, crush yourself on conditioning or cardio, which is what we do on Wednesdays. You're going to be pretty like beat up. We are back with conditioning by the way. So (laughs) book your conditioning classes. You're going to be pretty like fatigued come day four. So either you need to think about like, all right, lower, like, you know, and that's where you have a conversation with yourself about goals and priorities. Like Michael mentioned earlier, what are you really wanting to get good at? Absolutely. If you're wanting to really get good at your squat, then like you're going to go hard on Monday and then maybe upper, you just go a little bit lighter intensity wise, but you still get good volume in Mm -hmm. and you get an hour of intentional movement where you're focusing on yourself as well removing yourself from the daily stresses of work other life stressors and things like that then come wednesday you're probably somewhat recovered mm-hmm. and you can go hard on conditioning and then thursday's the next lower day you could go hard on that day and then maybe friday you take a bit easier so again depends on what you want to do but all of those days cannot be like max effort and we do a pretty good job programming wise at project 13 of generally selecting formats and exercises in which you can, it's pretty, it's somewhat like we somewhat implement controls in terms of intensity. I was going to say about that is we are thoughtful when it comes to coming up with our programs in terms of trying to make sure you listeners, for those who are members, you get a little bit of that, the taper, I should say. I don't know if that's the best word for this situation, but you can, or actually going back to your word, control. We can kind of control how you're setting yourself up for for the metrics that are set up for that that week. So if I, during right now, as you're listening to this, what we're working on is is that back squat. Yep. It's maybe a heavy triple on a Monday, and then on a Thursday you can go for a heavy five or a less lesser weight, but you're going for we're ramping up to a five. That's somewhere right yeah. around your eighty percent. Right. You're not hitting ninety percent all the time, and there's no need. No. Need you're really for that. never touching maximal. Yeah. Is kind of the idea. Exactly. You're only you're only hitting what's necessary for that time being, so that the next week when you have to hit a higher number, you have a base or I should say you have some brickwork set up for you for that for that yeah. next day. Yeah. Which goes into the next question. You talk when we've we've continued on with this with like the concept of overtraining. Is that what we're talking about in here when it comes to quantity? That's a good Can thing. That happen? That's a good thing to bring up. So overtraining is a and we may have briefly talked about overtraining at some point on the podcast already, but like it's a very hotly debated subject and there are some people that say it doesn't exist and there are some people that there's no that say there's no such thing as overtraining but under recovering but how that gets brought into this conversation is there is certainly whether overtraining exists or not is kind of irrelevant but there is something that does exist in which you can do you can introduce too much stress to your body over the short or the long term 
And depending on how chronic it is, you can start to see some negative effects. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I would say I wrestle with a bit because I have a tendency to, part of what I do is like research, researching different methodologies. He's in deep. I'm in very deep. We actually, we have a nickname for the gym, me and uh, uh, Eric Winters, who was a previous guest. We used to call it the lab, the lab because we would go in there. Eric and I actually did some some different like movement training for a period of time, and we would call it the lab because that's kind of we were researching some of these movement concepts. But so that's part of what I do, and part of the reason I do that is to find continue to search for the best methodologies to apply to our people at Project Thirteen, i.e., flexible. Lucas Aaron. Yep. So we have those podcasts set out. By the time you're hearing this, they're out there. Give them a listen Give if you haven't heard them. They're excellent Absolutely. episodes. Those are some of the experimental, or not experimental, but those are, that's Thomas's ex- research. Yeah. So, so with them, this. like that's a good example to bring up with them. So in my, you know, 30 or so years of training, I had never really explored fully diving into flexibility work. Right. And so that's how I kind of sought out Jeff and Lucas. And that's great. But what can often happen with me is I'll be like, okay, I have like my strength training that I'm doing. I have like a little bit of conditioning that I can like, I pretty much always sprinkle in. I have this flexibility training. And then it's like, maybe I haven't done handstands for a while, but like, that's another bucket, right? There's handstands. Then there's like, I I mean, I haven't explored Olympic lifting, but there's Olympic lifting. Mm -hmm. There's all these different disciplines, I guess is what you would call them. And my problem is like trying to focus on one or focus on a few. Yeah. And I get, I get caught up. Like, I'm like, all right, I got flexibility that I'm working on strength, but want to keep my conditioning up, you know? And so pretty, pretty quickly, I find myself in a situation where it's like, I have seven days of training and then the question becomes, can I keep that up long term? What I've learned for myself is no, I cannot because there are other factors that play into it. I coach every day for about four, sometimes five hours um, every weekday. And then sometimes I coach classes on Saturday mornings, right? So, and what a lot of people, you know, only I think coaches will understand this. Uh, it's a very demanding thing to have to commit to absolutely um so even just like mentally too just mentally physically you're you're moving around a lot you're keeping track of people you're you're demonstrating movements i mean it's you always have to think of the individual too and work with them because some people work differently than others yep exactly so you're going back and forth between individuals especially the way that we coach at project 13 because we feel that the individual is very important so absolutely providing everyone with some individual interpersonal connection throughout a class. So it's a lot. And so because of that, like I've identified for myself that I really try to only do like three hard days a week. And then on those off days, I'll do some flexibility, some movement, maybe a little bit of conditioning, but I do have to be very mindful of the intensity of those days because too much for too long will lead to the, the system just kind of shutting down. At a certain point, it can't really take it. So, and then it maybe affects 
different parts of the of the rest of your day that are outside of that. Exactly. Outside of work. Yeah. Outside of training. Yep. Your recovery. You get home eating. like you, you know, you're you're tired. It's hard to play with the the kid and and be there for my family, right? So that's something that has to be considered as well. Or not being able to devote myself enough to the work that we're doing at Project Thirteen or whatever. So all of that needs to be considered when people think about setting up their training and the amount of training that they do. So there's, there's two different ways to kind of think of, um, overall volume and like, and quantity that you want to think about. So there's the macro level. So the macro level of like how much training you're doing. So this would be like, you know, thinking about a period of time longer than, well, longer than a week, you could say. So like if we're thinking about how's our training program going to be structured for months at a time, years at a time, which is different than the micro level. So that's like, uh, that's more so like what you're doing on the daily basis. Yeah. In a training session. So macro level, um, doing too much over the course of the long term. So maybe your training sessions are pretty okay in terms of the duration, Mm -hmm. but you're training seven days a week. And maybe you're doing like two a days on a few of those days for like 12 weeks for like 12 weeks. That's like, you're probably going to, you're probably going to get destroyed. There's a certain point where maybe that, that nice little upward curve turns into an upside down. Yes. And that's a good point to bring up because there is a, a strategy in which actually a lot of professional athletes will use. It's called overreaching. Mm-hmm. Basically what that is, is like doing increasing training volume for a short and controlled period of time. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes people will do that at like maybe the end of a cycle, like the end of a cycle, you go super hard in your last week working on your lifts or whatever it is, benchmarks, things benchmarks like that. and kind of testing or whatever. But then the next week, you'll be like completely off essentially nice little deload, very programmed relax. deload. Yeah. So, and that's what I think it's a, it's essentially periodization. And I think that's what sometimes people miss is they just go hard all the time with no, no intention of setting a programmed like off period. Yeah. So just, I guess putting an example and like for that, thinking about an Olympic sprinter. Yeah. You're maybe you're maybe you have twelve weeks. Well, the Olympics when you're hearing this are coming up here. It's twenty twenty one. Nice little Tokyo, time capsule baby. for those listening in the future. Yep, <laughs> Tokyo. Technically, everyone listens in the future. This is very true. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you think of an Olympic sprinter, you're not sprinting your fastest hundreds every day of the week leading no. up to that race. No, it'd be you're, foolish. Yeah, you're maybe you test it similar to how we would test maybe a back squat here. And then you're in a program phase, like controlling quantity, probably more so making the quality, the bigger, the bigger focus throughout the, throughout your training sessions. And maybe you're running, you, maybe you're doing big sprints. I don't know. Three. This is coming from someone who doesn't know. I'm just saying this is an example. (laughs) Don't flame me on there. (laughs) Leave them alone. Okay. What do they do to you? But like, if you're, you're, if you're training for that, for that Olympic race, you want to peak when at you're the at, Olympics. at the yeah. Olympics. Yeah. And there's no question that they do set their training up. I mean, anybody that plays a seasonal sport yes. sets their training up in such a way so that they peak 
uh, essentially at the time of the event. It's always peaks and bounds. Peaks and and bounds. part of that peaking, what's included in that is programmed downtime. Yes. You know, it's not a linear thing, mm -hmm. right? So ultimately, in terms of quantity, there's ways that you can do this. You can do six weeks where you're like in a pretty intense program. Six to eight weeks generally is what I would recommend. And then probably taking a week after that six to eight weeks of a of a deload. Now, that doesn't mean like just sitting on your ass, right? Yeah. It's um, There's a lot of different ways that people will do this. Some people will do the same lifts that they were doing and just reduce intensity yep. significantly, like 50%. I'll reduce, like I'll do that. I, I would do that from time to time where I, on my deload weeks, I would drop it down to about 50% and yep. just work on form and yep. just Technique. maybe more volume yep. that week. But then also what you're going to prevent is you're going to prevent overtaxing the nervous system. Agreed. And that's really what the quantity conversation boils down to is like you need to protect your nervous system because you go hard all the time. I mean, it's just going to you can get fried. You're going to get fried. And it's uh, and we've been there. We've been there. We've all been there. But so we have examples of this. I know plenty of people that then what this ends up starting to impact is your progress. Right. And there are instances in which I know people that like train six days a week and like haven't really changed much, you know, in terms of strength, skill, whatever they're working on hasn't really seemed to change. There's a number of reasons why this may be happening. Um, they may be doing the, the proper quantity or doing too much, but the quality is lacking. Mm. And so that's thinking of, now we've, we've been talking a lot about quantity up to this point. So now kind of bringing in the quality piece and how that plays a part. So example is like I can perform 100 squats, but if they all look like shit and involve me rounding my back every rep, letting my knees cave in, lacking depth or everything, all of the above, then I won't actually be training my glutes. Therefore, my glutes will not change, right? Yeah. They won't get bigger. They won't get stronger. Um the purpose of a squat is to strengthen the glutes, but if everything looks like shit, then it's not going to happen. Alternatively, maybe what I need or maybe what that individual needs is not 100 squats, but instead 30 squats performed under tempo with the right intention and with the right tension in the right places. So maybe that means like, I mean, 100 squats is a lot too. It is. So it if is you came in and you're like, I'm doing 100 squats, you'd get right to it like right away you and like you rush the process yeah whereas if you're like all right i got to do 30 squats they need to be really really good then you're like all right okay maybe i'll elevate my heels so get that set up i'm going to really focus on breathing and brace bracing with every rep i'm going to focus on hitting the tempo whatever it is maybe it's three four seconds down i'm going to focus on feeling tension in my glutes and quads like all of the above that may be much more effective for that individual than doing that just crazy volume. I think the uh, one thing that you said there is feel. And yes. I think that's a something that often we can get overlooked. I even myself, I'll I'll overlook it from time to time, but I think that's a very important thing that needs to be like that's it, a battle yeah. that you're going to have with yourself. It's just having that proper feel of yes, okay, I understand that when my heels are elevated. Or actually, you know what? Let me take this back. Working with the muscle up today, um, mm. working out. I've been, you were, you were. I've been training on the muscle it's up. It's getting better. I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. 
but noticing the feel of the extra pull on the from the bottom up to the bar mm-hmm. was something I didn't I didn't notice until a few until like last week. Yeah, and just even noticing that gives me the progression to feel for the next progression the next thing. of that the yeah. next thing, which yeah. is essentially to get all that torque to pull me over mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something that uh, it, it's it's hard to feel it if you're doing all that quantity. Like, where's yeah? If you're just trying that, to like get volume in, it's it is it's going to be hard to feel it. Yeah. And some of you may be listening to this and being like, "Well, I don't know what I feel like." There are plenty of times where I ask people after a set of squats, "I'm like, what did you feel there?" And they're like, "I don't know." I'm like, "What was what were you doing with your breathing?" They're like, uh, "My favorite response is uh, I wasn't." It's like, well. <laughs> I think you have to be to be alive. Yeah. But like people don't know. And so, and don't feel bad if no. you're listening to this and you don't know like what you feel in some of these movements. Cause we've been there too. We've been there. Yeah. But the important thing is take the time to try to find that and understand that and understand what you are feeling mm-hmm. because it's very important and it's going to determine how you progress. Absolutely. Right? If you don't feel anything, your glutes or your quads, like, we should work on that. Like we should yeah. work on finding that sensation because I mean, that's, that's what we're, that's what we're training for ultimately. Absolutely. Then there are other factors that may be impacting those people's progress. Some of these are like separate topics, but they still relate to quantity versus quality. So sleep, are you getting enough of both quantity and quality? Maybe you're sleeping a ton, but you Wake are up like three or four times in that night. Either that or maybe you're like exposing yourself to like a ton of blue light right before you go to bed. So it, or maybe you're having like a huge meal just before you go to sleep and the meal I'm makes you pass out, but <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard, especially with our schedules to like fit meals in. But, um, you know, so maybe you're, so maybe you're, uh, eating a lot of food or something like that right before you go to bed and you're sleeping for, you know, whatever, eight hours but the quality of your sleep isn't very great because you go into bed on a really, really full stomach. Um, you know, so again, vice maybe versa of that though, if you're sleeping six hours of quality sleep, but it's not the quantity that you need, but it's not the quantity that you need. Yeah. And that's a very individual thing. So there is such a thing as short sleepers that maybe they can sleep, you know, that amount, but something again to think about, right. Are you getting enough and are you getting the kind that you need? Um, then there's food and nutrition, same kind of thing. There's quantity when it comes to food and nutrition. Uh, are you eating enough? That's oftentimes what I see with people is uh, a lot of times I find people are under eating mm-hmm. based on what they're trying to do. A lot of people are coming into the gym because they want to improve their aesthetics and their body composition. And again, what I find more often than not is that people could probably eat more so that they can build quality muscle and then in turn, um, they'll increase their basal metabolic rate. And I mean, generally people look better with like a little bit more muscle on their frame, Yeah, uh, which surprises some people, but that's I was also going to say just having enough energy so that you can push yourself in the gym too. Yeah, that's another big piece. There are a lot of times where I see people come in and maybe it's getting close to an event and they're looking a bit sluggish in the gym and we have a conversation and I find out that they're like dieting, Mm -hmm. right? And 
they're like, I just don't have the energy. And that kind of defeats the purpose because you're trying to, you're trying to perform in the gym. And if you're not eating enough in order to do that, then like, where's your muscle glycogen stores? Where are you going to, yeah. where are you going to pull from? <laughs> and just calories so that you're not like eating into muscle tissue. Yeah. And, and then the other side of the nutrition will be the quality, right? So are you eating quality food? Well, that can be looked at in a lot of different ways. Uh, like very basic would be like, are you getting enough micronutrients? Are you eating enough variety of foods <clears throat> to get all the micronutrients that you need? But then you could even go a little bit deeper. And if you're consuming meat and things like that, like is it the cheapest cut of meat at Safeway that you can find? I was going to say lucky 97, but... <laughs> <laughs> lucky 97 nothing against them no but like so is it like that or are you investing a little bit more and getting meat that's locally sourced right and that was raised humanely and slaughtered humanely and everything like that so again that can be as you can take that as deep as you want to but there is a component of quality when it comes to nutrition yeah then recovery activities are you doing enough of them and are you creating the space to make those quality activities, right? So recovery activities would be like meditation, breath work, sleep is another one. But, you know, maybe if you're doing zero of those and you're feeling fried, like you could benefit from doing 10 minutes of focused meditation or breath work per day. Mm -hmm. Start there, see how you feel. Again, just like with training with this, you probably want to look for minimal effective dosage. Like how much can you do or how much do you need to do in order to really see benefits? This is an area that I could work on. I'm going to be <laughs> full disclosure. It's all good. The baby just makes so I can't meditate anymore. Ugh. Come on, Holger. Just kidding. I love you. I love you, buddy. When we are on your side, don't worry. Yes. <laughs> then there's just other stresses in life, work, relationships, et cetera. Are those quality relationships that are adding more mm-hmm. to your well-being? And what is the quantity that you are providing yourself for that? Yeah. Like, so with work, it's like, are you working too much? Be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. You got to do what you got to do. But like, I think most people, if you're in a situation in which you're very unhappy with your work, most people can explore other opportunities in which maybe some of that would change. So if you're like working 13 hours a day, If that's what you feel you need to do, I'm not going to tell you otherwise, but it's also important to understand how that's impacting you Mm -hmm. from a physical health, not even, not only physical, but physical, mental and emotional health perspective. And just be honest with yourself. Like, that's fine. You can do that. But like, what is it? You might get high cholesterol. You might become diabetic. Even just taking that to the psychological side. What are you, are you like taking time for yourself? as well right. like yeah aside from training but like it's a very real conversation that absolutely. most people are not willing to have because yeah. they're like this is just the way that it is it's like okay if that's what you feel then that's fine but again understand that you going down that road is totally fine but just be okay with what comes with that yeah like you m- might have high blood pressure when you're like 35 and Again, I'm sorry, but like that's if you if you're 
okay putting up with those 13 hour stressful work days then just understand the consequences i and think that's the biggest thing yeah understanding what path there's cost to everything there's a cost to everything even in training we, we can't forget that yeah even cost in training over training you're even in training even with what you and i do yeah. there's a cost to coaching right you yeah. and i've talked about that plenty of times it's tough it's a lot on us and so you just have to be okay with that and yeah. you just have to have that com that honest conversation with yourself we touched on the society piece a little bit and i think there's something to be said about how it's presented to us would you agree I would agree. So social media obviously influences the way that we think pretty dramatically. Pretty heavily nowadays. Yeah. Um, More so than in the 80s. Yeah. 90s. I don't even think it existed back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, meant, I, I meant more so like, tell, anyways, that's. <laughs> no, we can figure out what you we what you were thinking later. Um, <laughs> or will you? Uh, I guess there was Billy, Billy Blanks. Oh, yeah. The type. Taekwondo, Taibo, Taibo. Ta ta uh, I think it's Taibo. Taibo, something what, like that. Maybe I just made that up. I just remember him saying double time, and it would almost look like the video would go in fast forward. I mean, he's pretty. He's pretty epic. He is pretty epic. Yeah. Um, but going back to the social media piece, yeah, with so, like influencers. And so there's a couple things that uh, there. I think so. One, the for all the for all we know. You know, fitness influencers seem to be able to, they post stuff every day and it looks like they're working out every day. Mm -hmm. And maybe and they are. May, well, maybe they are. Instagram and social media is the highlight reel, right? So mm -hmm. it's pretty rare for people to post like something of them doing, you know, a little more recovery day, recovery like focused. Yeah. Work. Or deload. Yeah. Like who's going to post deload stuff? Nobody. Yeah. Right. So all we see from a lot of these fitness influencers, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what they're promoting. But it can be skewed in our mind because it can be like, well, they go hard and intense every every day mm -hmm. that they train. It's like, well, That's no, it's only the, right? it's the perception. It's only the days that you see. And you only see like a fraction they want of, you what to see, of their day. And it's a fraction of what they're doing. Yeah. So you have no idea. They could meditate every day or, or whatever. Um Maybe they're stretching for 30 minutes prior to them seeing you or them showing you that yeah. kettlebell complex or, or after or, or whatever, after. but like yeah. you just have no idea. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just the main point is like our perception as consumers can be skewed. Some do really a good job saying like, Hey, this is something I've put in and just like make yeah. sure they preface it. Which yeah. Yeah. And, and there are also, and there are also are also people that do, talk about the other side of it yeah i'm not saying those people don't exist but generally the the more popular the influencer the more likely it is that they will not talk about that stuff just because what is getting them a lot of views and hits and everything is the sexy stuff yeah that is intensity and you know whatever so there's that then there's also like products on social media that are peddled to us and so like the big thing I'm thinking of is like supplements. Mm -hmm. Some people think, oh, I'm not getting the results that I am looking for. But if I take this supplement, it will get me there. Yeah. Or if I take more stuff, more supplements, then it'll get me there. I have a, the reason I have a <clears throat> slight smirk is because I watch a lot of wrestling and I watched it he growing does. up. Big wrestling fan. Uh, not as much anymore. 
But back in like the the attitude era and the ruthless aggression era, they always had ads for Stacker Two. Ooh. Or stacker, Is I that don't a test booster. It's I I don't remember off what it specifically has because I haven't looked at it in forever. Mm. But they used to sell them at like Seven Eleven, and it was like these fat boosters, like those, like those fat oh, uh, metabolizing yeah, like pills. Hydroxy cut. Yeah, like like hydroxy cut. Yeah, actually, we saw that one. That one's on a. Uh, uh, Ronnie from the Jersey Shore was on. It that is for a Ronnie's bit. pedal and that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was like doesn't look like he's using it anymore. I, I haven't seen him in a while. Is I he... saw him on a show randomly. Oh once, no! Recently, within the last couple of days, it's because my wife watches stuff on TV. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But going back it's to your point about thing. like supplements, like we get peddled all these things. Like you take this, you're gonna it'll get you there. Get right. you there. It's like not necessarily. Also, what's the cost of that? Also, do you actually know what they're putting in it? Is it quality products? You don't know. It could be baking soda. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. It's not regulated by the FDA. They can put whatever As they many want. Su- many supple- it's surprising, though. Many supplements out there are not regulated by the FDA. I mean, almost none. Almost none, yeah. they, like, they, don't, they don't have to have FDA approval. Mm-hmm. None of them do. So just keep that in mind. But so <clears throat> instead of thinking, oh, I need these supplements, maybe what a better approach would be is focusing um, less on supplementation and more on quality food, which in turn may lead to less overall quantity of food, which in turn may lead you to a fat loss goal, for example. You know, because generally more quality food, you're going to be satiated for longer Mm because whole foods tend to satiate more. So like cut the refined shit, see how you feel after that. Actually, adding into this, I think piggybacking off this, it's also like, uh, what in turn have you done in terms of the quality wise of that, of getting to that goal? Is it a maybe? I guess you're gonna get a little step into my head on this one, but uh, say I wanted to get to a single digit body fat percentage, Mm -hmm. but I kept on taking supplements, uh, and and not all supplements are bad. Let me let me say that. But like, say I just relied fully on supplements and less on whole food. Yes, I got to my, maybe I got to my single digit percentage. Mm -hmm. But in terms like, did I create a long lasting effect? Is the quality of my life going to continue? Do you need to be on hydroxy cut forever? No, like, do I? No. You don't want to. (laughs) But if you take it to get there. Yeah. Maybe like, you do. What does that do for you? That does nothing. Yeah. Anyways, that's just a whole other thought that popped in my head as we're, as we're doing it's this. A good pod. thought. Deep thoughts. Paul. But, <laughs> but I think we, we both agree that there's, there's a good amount of both needed mm-hmm. to provide a long lasting life. Yes. Or to provide you with things to, to achieve in the gym, but also outside of the gym. So I guess the one question I have for you all here is when should you focus on your quality? I would say quality should always be a focus, right? And we talk a lot about that at, at project 13 is there's, there's pretty much no time. Like even for example, yesterday in, in the class, we did a, a up like block of work where it's like you do 10 pushups every, well, five, seven or 10 pushups every 30 seconds for five minutes. So that's a lot of volume in a short period of time. But what we continue to remind people of as they work through that and as they start to get fatigued 
quality remains the same throughout, mm-hmm. right? And that is very important. Taking another back squat example, you don't want to, if you're doing like high volume sets of squats, maybe you're saying, say you're doing eight sets of eight. You don't want sets one through six to be, you're like, I'm really focused on quality. Then the last two sets, you're like, it's like the volume's too high. So my quality is just going to go to shit. Like you, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And especially in that context, when you're starting to get fatigued, that's when you want to focus more on quality. Um, that's where the injuries appear can occur. Yeah. Can appear. So then when should you focus on quantity? This is a very individual dependent question that I think people have to ask themselves. Agreed. What is your goal? If it's a, if you're trying to run like Boston marathon or something like that, you're obviously going to need a certain level of quantity in order to prepare your body for something like that, right? Yeah. If you're just trying to be generally healthy, you can probably do really well. Three to four resistance training sessions a week. Move, Maybe. like move intentionally every day. One cardio day. Which doesn't, yeah, one one intentional cardio day. But move intentionally every day. So that means like walks, like play a game or something, play basketball. So, like yeah. you should still move every day. Like I'm a huge proponent of that. Everybody should move every single day. But it doesn't always have to look like, you know, sets and reps and gym and this and that. Sometimes we're better off just like getting outside for a bit and and moving around, riding a bike, whatever it is. Walk in the park. Walk in the park. Yeah. To your coffee. Walk to your coffee. Walk to work. Walk to work. Walk to uh, Ferris wheel in Golden Gate Park. Ferris wheel. You can walk anywhere. (laughs) What we have legs for. So generally look for that in terms of quantity. If your goal is to just be healthy look for that minimal effective dosage. You can still go to the gym every every day if you want to, but like what you're going to do in those sessions in terms of intensity, it should look different. And going back to that goal point, I, and we may have touched it on uh, on here prior to, but like the always keep those in mind with how you're going to approach what you're going to what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. If if that goal's attainable, like can I hit can I realistically hit 5 days a week? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Depends yeah. on your schedule. Yeah. Got to be honest with yourself. Got to be honest with yourself. That's a teaser for an, a future episode. Future episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then what do you believe also is, uh, and I, th- I think we've kind of encompassed it a little bit in here, is the hyper-focus portion of quantity. I think it's I think it's mostly boils down to the people thinking that more is better. You know, if, uh, again, the example, if... <clears throat> four days a week at the gym got you to lose five pounds in a month, then six days a week at the gym must only mean that I can lose more weight in the next month, which is not necessarily true. And in fact, it can work against you and you could, you know, over start to to start to overdo it on yourself and your body can retain water and all that because you get overstressed and everything. So uh, I think it's just that people think more is better. And just remember, think about the disciplined pursuit of less. I like that. That is a, I'm going to give credit to the book Essentialism. He talks a lot about that in, in the book. So if your goal is back squat, focus on that. If your goal is to get faster on the rower, 
focus on that. If your goal is aesthetics, focus on that, which again is does not necessarily mean you should go to the gym seven days a week. And with that, avoid the bullshit. Avoid the bullshit. Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media for providing the studio space and additional production. So absolutely. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Project 13 Gyms. You can find myself at Kemifan, that is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y-B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.